0: If you feel there's more to life than iPhones and iPads and mindless consumerism, if you're open to receiving information in all forms in any number of ways, if organized religion, organized political movements, and any kind of collectivism doesn't just quite cut it for you, if you engage in critical thinking, if you think for yourself, if you have peace and love in your heart and Jack Daniels in your bloodstream, if you believe that seriousness is a disease, if you're curious. Then come, let us go on a journey together as we explore the Outer Limits of Inner Truth. Welcome to the Outer Limits of Inner Truth radio show, OuterLimitsRadio.com. I'm your host, Ryan. Tonight, it is a great honor and a great pleasure to proudly present... A forensic soul analysis on our own virtue, Miss Laura Lynn. This is the first time we've ever done this in the history of the show, and I'm really excited about it. Miss Laura Lynn is absolutely amazing. She's provided so much great insight and so much beautiful commentary and so many of our great guests over the course of the last two years. She's an invaluable asset to our team, and we can't tell you how much uh, we love and admire and appreciate her. She was she was the fourth virtue added to the Outer Limits of Inner Truth radio show. I remember when I was actively seeking that last person and I came across her. I came across her sight. She just had this very serene and peaceful presence about her. I sent her an email at 12.03 in the morning and she called me by 12.06. And we had talked for an hour. And I think the moment we, she picked up the phone and said, Hi, this is Laura. I was like, you're in. She was just perfect. So Laura... Again, brings so much to value to our show. She's really amazing, and we're really happy to have her. So, without further ado, the Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show proudly presents a forensic soul analysis on globally respected psychic medium, Miss Laura Lynn. Our guest today is somebody that you may have heard previously on the Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. Her name is Miss Laura Lynn. She is one of our four esteemed virtues, and she is a renowned psychic medium, a paranormal investigator, a teacher, and an author. She works with angels, spirits, and guides, and she is an amazing human being, and I can't underscore what a treasured asset she is to our show and to our listeners. So, Miss Laura Lynn, welcome to the Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. Thank you so much for being with us today.
3: Thank you, Ryan. I am so pumped up for this. This is so much fun.
0: Yes. Well, you've provided a lot of insight about several of our guests that have appeared on the program. But let's talk about you. How did you um, How did you develop your psychic ability, and what kind of psychic ability do you have? You can describe it. Like, how do you perceive and receive information? Oh,
3: that is That is a kind of a difficult question and only because it's so hard to describe what I do. I am a psychic medium, but basically I process information from many different, uh, gosh, senses. I see, hear, feel, know, and it kind of just kind of just all comes in. It's like little puzzle pieces. So there's a little bit of clairvoyance, clairessence, audience. All those Claras are kind of just hammering in, and I basically am processing all during the day the information that seems to come at me
0: okay now where is it what is what is the source of this information
3: well i feel like this source is through several realms i believe that there is interlapping energy and even like uh time prints that are kind of overlapping if you will uh And I do believe that spirits seem to slip through different channels, different realms, and dimensions. And that seems to be coming through the airwaves is how I'm tapping in. I hear mostly the voices or the the spirit presence communicate audibly to me. And I do picture it as being through the airwaves.
0: Okay. So you're saying airwaves, though. You're sensitive to this information, the information as it comes to you. Are you visually seeing it? Are you feeling it? How do you know what, are, um, what is this information and what are, what are your own thoughts?
3: Right. When I'm, te- when I'm hearing a spirit communicate to me, you know, if I will close my eyes or I'll take in that information. Oftentimes people will see me as I'm channeling, closing my eyes. I'm looking within and then I'll see symbols. And the energy seems to show me uh, through symbolism. Maybe I'll see a tree or a field or a sunset or perhaps even a car, you know, some type of symbol, and that will, it, it will just keep on building from there and I'll keep on just getting more and more information from the spirit's aspect.
0: When you are feeling or tapping into this frequency of information, whether it be celestial or whether it be dark, do you actually see any kind of angelic beings coming through? And if so, who are some of these angelic beings, and what do their purpose carry for helping you?
3: Well, I did. Uh, I when I started tapping into angels, I was only five years old, and i I would physically see the angels like we see them illustrated in children's Bible, you know, uh, coloring books. And, you know, they were these beautiful winged celestial uh, beings that uh, had all the just amazing energy to them, even like a pulsation, a tone, if you will, uh, that would glisten through. Now, when I tap into the angels, that is usually that pulsation, that energy field, the, the color energy that I'm picking up and I can attribute what angel it is pretty immediately through their feeling i it was it's like every angel has a different imprint now I, sometimes i still see the angels the traditional way but that's very rare and it feels it seems like there's always a deep meaning behind the vision of them and then the way i i i feel like um i guess the way that i can know who they are is just through the familiar through the just being so inundated with their energy through the years. I've, I've learned who they are. have I've felt the, the energy. I wrote a book called the healing with the angel Rays, And I spoke about this or wrote about the feelings that you do have with these beings and uh, with the, with the energy rather. And it seems like every angel does have a, a color imprint and they have this energy ray that, that can come towards you and when you become sensitive to that energy you're able to perceive and and receive the information through their presence
0: okay and you said you realize and experience these um angels have you ever found that other angels constantly being created have there ever been human beings that have transformed to become angels or angels pretty much their own consciousness Of eternity that have never become or ever existed as a human being
3: well there's two known angels that are people who have became angels uh and the the strongest known is he was known as enoch in the bible and he's known as metatron there's a magic termed uh enochian magic based on his energy he's known to be the strongest angel uh that that we know of and through history and, the, and angelic lore. But I, angels typically from what the scriptures have written is angels were created to help mankind to, and to work with mankind, but many other levels also, it goes very deep. It's not all about man. It's this, it's, there's angels to help the universe, the earth, the cosmos, and it just goes on and on from there but yes there 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 is two accounts Sandophon and Metatron were the two angels that were actually people
0: now, I'm just just curious but how would a person make a transition to an angelic being I mean are there is it a matter of carrying celestial energy or these two individuals people that have what made them so unique and capable of making this transformation
3: well Enoch through the the Bible uh, Enoch was granted this because of the in the old testament the the power from god because of the what he had did for man it was like a reward uh but on this question if you go a little bit deeper with this my accounts what i've heard and re- what i've learned through the angelic experience is that many people on this earth can have aspects of the angelic being within them they can work uh simultaneously and it seems to be something that's really beautiful be- because it is it's like the angel's energy craves that of the human craves that physical connection and they are aligned with that and lives vicariously through the 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 person's presence if the pers- person chooses to live this world in service the angels will their affect or effect will will be permanent will permeate into that Aromatic field of the person carry that energy, so we are absolutely capable of carrying the angel energy, and I believe that many of us are, many people are brought onto this earth that have that aspect within their birthright, within from generation or life path uh, work from past lives that they can actually be uh, brought into this earth again with that angelic influence.
0: Okay, and let's go. Into your your childhood, growing up, you grew up, and it wasn't exactly Norman Rockwell's love American style. What, yeah, uh, what was, was your life? What was your childhood like?
3: Well, it was difficult. I, I was very hyperactive. I was uh, I was a very spirited child. Let's put it that way. And my parents really didn't know how to really handle all the action. I was. Um, a little bit out there. I, I, wanted, I'd rather be outside than inside the house. I, I would wonder, you know, I had this terrible one, lust. I, I just wanted to be out there just to feel the energy. And they really had a hard time pinning me down. And I think I really exhausted my parents. Uh, I, I, I really was very determined. I had a strong head on me. I did not want to follow rules and so I was a ra- rather a risk taker from even from a very young age. And when, uh, gosh, growing up, I, I was very, I, I was very conflicted. I didn't understand what I was learning at church. I, you know, I would, I would ask a lot of questions. I, I did. I, I remember from a very young age, not believing what I was hearing. It just didn't feel right. And, so I would cause a lot of rift there at church. And so it was just a difficult life. My father, uh, he had his own, he had a lot of different things going on with him. So his patience was just very low with me for sure. And uh, I did end up moving to group homes, a group home when I was 14 years old. And from there, I, I ended up in five different high schools. It, it was a kind of like always always in trouble so
0: you when you were at this earlier stage did you have what you would call today authentic or you know clear what psychic ability
3: I did have something going on when I was five years old I started seeing I, I saw had an angel encounter I saw an angel in the, my room and this happened a couple of weeks before my grandfather's passing and she did come with a message I, she you know, She wanted me to know that he was going to have to go away. Uh, this was actually my second encounter I had with her. The first one, she didn't speak or I didn't hear her, but I um, certainly enjoyed her presence. But the second time, she did come forward and say he was going to have to go away, and he passed, incidentally, two weeks pa- after from a massive heart attack. Um, and... I'm sorry, I forgot the question. <laughs> I kind of got lost there.
0: Yeah, the question was about you know having if you had genuine psychic ability when you were growing up when well, you started noticing things.
3: Right, and well, after that occurred, I started seeing colors, and I really didn't understand what the colors were. I, I didn't know how to attribute what to attribute them to, but I noticed something about that. I believe that the angel brought me this gift to see to feel. And interpret colors, and I did notice that there was times that something would happen, and I would know when to run away from somebody. You know, a, a color red would start forming around a person, and I knew that was me to get get the heck away, and you know, go in a different direction. I was started. I started interpreting my world through these colors, and that was even on animals and um, everything. Everything that had life, I could see these colors. So that was something that happened, but I didn't know it was really special, if you would say. Um, if you'd understand, I, this was, I was so young, and to me that angel was totally a natural thing to happen because we were just talking about angels in Bible school. And after I saw her colors, it made sense to me that color would be everywhere. I, it's, it's hard to understand, but to me it was just so natural. And it confused me because I would talk about this and people wouldn't understand I would talk about things that I would see. And I got in a lot of trouble about it because people thought I was lying or making things up or had these wild stories. You know, I, had, I would see visions of these beautiful, huge animals in the woods. But I thought they were real. And I would come home and talk about these, these animals. And, you know, it just seemed like I was always in trouble about something. So yes, I had these gifts, but I didn't know I had these gifts, if you will.
0: Wow, so you're kind of uh, no. I want to just pause there for one second and ask, why is it that you and uh, actually a quite a number of individuals can perceive angels, can perceive colors, can actually perceive a lot more that is out there, but most of the population can't most people don't seem to be able to perceive angels what do you think is the primary reason or reasons for that
3: i feel like that for me i can only speak for myself that it had to do with the spirit knew i was going to be living a very traumatic life i spirit knew i needed to be safe and i was around a situation that wasn't uh wasn't the probably the best way to grow up and I was put into situations, whether it be group homes or the foster care system that, you know, later on I was in uh, detention homes. I was in places that were not safe for a young young lady to be. Uh, so I believe that that was the reason why I was gifted this was to protect myself. I literally knew when to back away.
0: Okay. What about other people? I mean, the majority of well, people don't seem not to have these angelic perceptions or not be able to receive these.
3: I, well, I just, I have to do, I I have to say, I have done some research on other mediums and uh, later on, through the years, I've been, you know, I was very interested in why. And it feels like trauma has a big part to do with it. Accidents, maybe sometimes an accident, near-death experiences. It seems like it's trauma-driven and, you know, why somebody else wouldn't have it. Maybe they don't need it. Maybe they can go along with their life and be happy and just you know do do the things that they need to do to make a living, and they don't have to have all that other um, influence to help them to 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 keep them safe.
0: Okay. When we when we depart the physical body, are all these angelic beings and all these things that uh, people who are psychic like yourself see, is that readily available? to to a soul or departed spirit will will see that see see most of that stuff that you discuss
3: i believe so i see i see when i'm tapping into a to a spirit uh when i'm when i'm looking at their life and how it was when they passed it seems like i always see angels beside them and you often hear about people when they're passing seeing different colors or uh maybe a loved ones right there you know at the doorway or you know you hear these stories and you read them but it seems like over and over and over I always see angels by the soul's side
0: okay now coming back to your life you know you were in the of these places you get to one point where you got arrested what we why were you arrested
3: well what happened was this was, I think, the third time that I attempted suicide. Okay. I had a severe depression as a child. I was, uh, they they did put me on some medication at, I think, around age 14 years old. They uh, diagnosed me with depression. But I just could not handle my emotions. It seemed like I would go through, uh, you know, if I broke up with a boyfriend or you know something was happening, and I just could not ha- handle the flood of emotions that would go through. And I really wanted out. I I was tired at a very young age. I wanted out, and this happened over and over. And the time that I was uh, put into a detention home, it was actually near Christmas. And it was a, I I did attempt suicide and my father and mother just didn't know what else to do. And they called the police station and they, you know, they said, you know, they had it set up that I would go there. They, you know, they actually said, get ready. You're going Christmas shopping. And, uh, I, I walked there, I go get ready. I come there and I'm, and then all of a sudden we're pulling in the police station. I'm handcuffed and, uh, put into a car. And then they drive me to this detention home. Well, since it was near Christmas, there's not many people there. There's not many kids. I was put into a solitary room and, uh, Oh my God. I I put, yeah, it was, uh, it was not fun. And what happened though was really interesting that evening. I just, I broke down and cried. I was, uh, I, I had probably, I, I really bottled up my tears. I, I really never cried very often, but I did cry that evening and I was just looking at this metal door and, and they, in the, down the hallway, there was some choir music singing some, uh, some Christmas songs or Christmas carols for the, for the people who were there for the kids, and I wasn't allowed to go there because, yet because it was my first night. So I was just listening. I was laying up against the wall, listening. I had my eyes closed, and I felt a warmth. And then I opened my eyes and I saw Gabriel, my the, this was the first angel that I ever witnessed when I was five. I saw her there glistening. And I know Gabriel, by the way, is is Gabriel, the the, the, Wait, the hey Laura, the I need angel. to pause there
0: for one second. I'm hearing a tapping noise.
3: Oh my cat's just freaking out on me. She's let me let me get her out of here. She's uh on my and I'm trying to get her not to bite me here. Let me get her out of here. She jumped up on my lap and was playing. Okay. okay. I'm still.
0: Okay. Um, so let's say So you see, you see Gabriel. And yes. how do you know it's Gabriel? Is it a feeling or is it how, do, what makes you, is it just a feeling that comes over you? that You're like, oh, Gabriel. I and mean, who's Gabriel for people who are not aware?
3: Gabriel was the angel that was uh, at the tomb of Jesus. And I knew it was Gabriel because I was introduced to Gabriel when I was five years old and Gabriel had come through different times in my life when I was in trauma. And when I felt the warmth and I opened my eyes, he was there and he told me I would be okay. He told me that I would be moving and that everything was going to be okay. So I, at that point, I just kind of surrendered and I just – I knew. I knew in my heart that everything would be fine. I, but I also knew in my heart that it wasn't going to be easy. I just – I knew that things were going to still be difficult.
0: Okay. So when you have this experience, is this your final reason to say, okay, you know what? I'm no longer going to attempt suicide, but I'm going to maybe make an attempt to push through and continue to carry on life?
3: Yes. I made a choice at that moment. To move forward, I felt like there was a bigger calling, and i, I mean, I was only 14 years old, but I, I understood somewhere in my heart that there was something bigger than everything that I was going through, and I wasn't sure what that was, but I felt like it was worth the wait.
0: Right. now we get to a point where, said you—you—you you turned to religion, and my understanding is that you—you—and tr- then uh, you tried to block out some of these feelings or voices. Why did you want to block out the voices and? Why did you turn to religion?
3: Well, I was so fearful. I had so much, so much dark energy that would come at me and keep me awake at night. I would feel the bed shaking. I would see things. Dark energy.
0: Things. What, what kind of dark energy were we talking about? Like, are they ghosts? Are they demonic? I
3: I think they were entities that were trying to, like, just capture my light, capture my energy. And uh, they they were darkened. They were darkened entities that was below angels. It wasn't. Uh, I wouldn't call them demons, but they were certainly not good, friendly spirits. What, they weren't like my grandpa hanging out.
0: Well, what kind of um? How would the, what would this be? Were those, what was their classification of these things and these beings that you just described? Are they, Why would they attack you? Like why would they attack anyone for that matter?
3: Well, I there's many spirits. There's many layers of spirits. Uh, that it seems that i can feel the presence of and some of the spirits are interdimensional it seems like they slip through back and forth beyond the dimensions i believe these were spirits that were here before human were here and what i i mean they were people or not people but they were a different type of being that was present that inhabited this space before we were here and They, I believe they come in to basically take our energy and I, what happens is they can, they can work through people who are vulnerable, vulnerable, such as me at the time. I was, you know, I had terrible depression. I was very lost. You know, I was very confused. But another thing was great about my energy to them and their, their presence is I could see them. So that would even be more energy that I could, you know, because I'm going to be fearful when I saw them evading me. And so the more fear, the more energy they have to, to hold to. And so what happened was I went deep into religion trying to block this away from me. Because, of course, I'm thinking I'm being evaded. At the time, I thought I was being invaded by demons. That's what I perceived it as. Because that's what, you know, that's what I knew from church. And I wanted to be rid of them because they they terrified me. And it felt like to me that that's what was causing all these problems in my life anyhow, was demons. So I went into deep charismatic type churches to, uh, you know, I would speak in tongues. I would get slayed in the spirit. I would
0: speak in tongues. Does that mean what you would allow yourself to be taken over by beings or? Do you right okay
3: what and then I would just I would go into the you know the deep you know and I do believe that this this is a this religion is very very holy and beautiful and it is a path for some that is is absolutely right for them for me it wasn't exactly what I needed but it helped me at the time to feel more safe and you know incidentally I did see an awful lot of angels as the people were singing and clapping and the joy. There's a lot of high, high energy in that space. So, I mean, I'm a true believer in this type of, um, in in the holy energy. I'm a true believer in it. It's just I I needed a little bit more understanding and deeper uh, uh, awareness of different types of, uh, uh, a a deeper spiritual awareness. And that happened as I aged.
0: Do you find it particularly interesting that you know, here you are seeking solace in a particular religion, and then you think about it that there are a lot of people within that same organization that would say that what you what you do and your abilities are basically heresy or completely against. You know what that is. You knowing that, do you feel um, I don't know a bit of a unease, and do you feel a bit of a hypocritical or even um, a betrayal to think that you would give your love to this place, and they would you know even fathom, you know, not saying that you're accepted based on you know what their standards of normalcy are.
3: Well, well, I don't really feel that way, Ryan, because at the time this was where I, w- this was the culture of where I was growing up with the, this was what I had available to me and I did love it. I, I was, I felt very good there. I felt comfortable it, it, and it felt right. And it was absolutely what I needed at the time. So God, God led me to where I needed to be. My spirit, I was very fortunate to have that opportunity to be there.
0: Okay. Now, you said God led you, has your perception of what God is changed since you were from your territory?
3: No Always. How, yeah. How it it, it well? always changes. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to over, oh. or over talk you. Um, yes. It, it seems to change on a continuous basis. I, as we learn or as we grow, all, everything changes, you know, we're, we're continuously changing, uh, you know, what, what I perceived as God at the time, you know, when I was 14 years old. I was probably looking at him as a big guy in the sky on the cloud with a white long beard. You know, I really thought of him as a man. I thought of him as, you know, somebody that was watching me, judging me, you know, but also loving me. And now, of course, you know, I look at this more of a universe uh, current that is growing continuously, a consciousness that is, that is uh, everywhere at all times, connected to everything and all. And you know, this this energy it has it has a life of its own that continues to breathe and grow and move. And uh, it's, it's the powers. It's just it's. Not it's it, it's continuous. Great. So it's so different than what I would see as a you know as a child.
0: you're growing now? You said that you read a book by a gentleman named Ted Andrews and one from Ruby Nelson. Apparently changed things. What what was the, what was these was there a book or books? And what what was the name of them? And why did it change you?
3: Well, the the book that I found and I believe I was about sixteen years old. I found it in a library. It was on the colors. I. You know, there were no computers back then to do research, and I was limited because I did live at a group home. I had pretty strict rules that I had to follow. But I, well, I did find myself in a library, and I found I asked uh, the librarian, you know, t- about different things with colors. And, and I kept on explaining, no, I'm uh, colors around people. And she didn't know exactly what I meant, but she finally figured it out and uh, she sent me to this one section. Well, I'm telling you, it literally, when I was in that section, it, it seemed to be like fall right out onto the floor. I mean, it was just this book, I, I had my hand on it and it just like fell. And I, and it's like, when I bent over to pick it up, I, I held it. It felt like, oh my gosh, I found home. That's what it felt like. It's like, read me, read me now. And I'm looking at the cover of this book and I'm, I'm like resonating with it so deeply. And I started just flipping through the pages and everything just was like, oh, my gosh, I know exactly what he's talking about. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm understanding this so deeply. And uh, it was it was just an amazing thing to be able to um, to to understand at a deeper level what's going on. And when I'm going, th- when I'm talking about this, Ryan, I, I, I've got a little bit of, uh, I'm seeing the, the feelings that's going through as I'm, I'm tapping in. And I'm, I, I could actually see in my hands and my arms, the colors like brightening. And I could see like the current, the energy uh, agreeing. And it's like, yes, I found home. And then not too long after that, about two years, probably. I kept on doing research and I was talking to people about all these new discoveries and I would, I felt a need to continue reading and I found this book called the doorway to everything, the door to everything from Ruby Nelson and from page one. And I, I, I went through this book rapidly within a, it. seems like I read it within two hours Everything seemed clear. Everything had life. Everything had purpose. The trees, everything that I knew about nature, because I, I felt a passion with nature, it all came alive. It made sense why I could feel rock, an energy in a rock. It made sense why I, I could see look up in the sky and feel connected to something, you know, to, to a, a, a purpose. And everything just seemed to overflow with with passion and connection and that's where everything just kind of basically turned around
0: so everything turns right now let's, let's let's skip ahead a little bit so now you're in this position where you're you're giving readings you're providing insight you're utilizing all these great gifts that you've been honing over the years where do you learn or develop the capability of doing past life readings and how does that operate so if somebody comes to you And says, I want to do a past life reading, what are you utilizing for that? And how are you able to tap into it? And also, with that same question, how are you able to decipher what is a person's true past lives? And what are they actually projecting from their mind and heart as to what they believe their past lives were?
3: Okay. Um, First of all, I wasn't immediately giving readings. That took years to develop. Um but let's, you know, I, I probably started in about mid-20s. I started probably doing readings um, maybe early 30s. And what happened was, I learned very quickly how to meditate. I was always meditating. I just didn't know it because I would go into these dream states and communicate to to a presence and it, and I would slip into my old, lifetimes I would slip into these scenes there I knew that I was that person and what happened very quickly was when I would give a reading to a person when I learned how to give a reading I would see little like uh shots or uh little screenshots of of their past lives I would see uh, visions of them maybe in different types of clothes or you know maybe I know it's them but they're a man and you know, I'm, I'm giving a reading to this woman and all of a sudden she's a man and she's she's a whole different place. And I, you know, I, I just I started learning that these were her their past lives and I would start sharing them in the reading. And so what
0: was the second part of that question? Second part of the question is that how are you able to decipher between what is a person's past life and what they may actually be projecting outward as far as what they perceive that what they want their past life to be? I'm just wanting to know if there's a difference if if a person believes they were Cleopatra in a past life, does that energy and, and feelings and emotions that are emitted from that belief pattern override what could really be their past life?
3: I don't think so. I don't know that when I'm tapping in that I'm tapping into their projected wants or, or imagination of what they think they were. I – what comes through is uh, oftentimes surprises people. Um but it all all seems to make sense at the end. As I'm I'm talking about an incident that's happen happened in a person's life, it's not a really important who a person is, it's more important what they, they experienced. It was you know, it's about the experience of life and what we learned through life. Okay. And so what I'm doing is tapping into that that the actions of their life and explaining to them what they went through and, and then they a lot of times they'll say, oh, my gosh, well, this is what I went through this lifetime, and then it kind of just fits it all together.
0: If you were to say what some of your most profound insights over the years of your life that you can share with our, with our audience, what can you tell them? Like what are some of the most profound insights, life lessons and spiritual uh, lessons?
3: Well… When I was in the depth of my depression, one thing I didn't talk about, with one of the suicide attempts I had, I did have a rather pr- profound experience. Okay. And what happened was within the – it wasn't exactly a comatose state, but I was deep in some type of uh, – I was in a very deep sleep after an overdose. And the vision – the angel, the same angel I spoke of, that came back, that Gabriel, he, I, I felt a pulling, and it was my soul was pulling away from my body, and it was it was a huge, beautiful relief. I was really uh, felt invigorated and uh, in, in this most compassionate. It, it felt like this the best granny blanket ever was wrapping around me. And it was so pleasurable. And I, I felt Gabriel coming to me. And I was told at that point I had a choice. And the choice was that I could go back and the end spirit and, and that spirit presence did explain that it was going to be hard. It wasn't going to be easy yet. Things were going to get difficult, you know, still be difficult. But I could do that, and, and, and it would really be staying on my path. And they said, or I could come with them, and that's okay. But I wouldn't really fulfill what I my purpose was. And I, I'm feeling like, oh, I want to go with you. I want to go there. I want to be with you. But yet I had this feeling like it's not done. And I didn't understand purpose. I didn't get any of that. I didn't have any real conviction at the time that I'm supposed to do anything. But I just I knew that something wasn't done. And so I did go back, I felt myself going back into the, my body. And with that, I knew that something has changed. And then I had that vision, not to, you know, maybe a few days after you know, where the angel, you know, greeted me and said, yes, you you know, things are going to still be a little bit hard, but we're going to be here with you and everything's going to be okay. Now with that, I, there was, there was an awakening inside and things did change and I saw things different. And what happened was I would look at a person and some deep compassion would hit me because I would feel their pain or their trauma they went through. And I, I got a really strong correlation that the pain that I went through was for them. I kept on getting that message over and over. The pain I went through was for them and it made sense to me. And that's the energy that I really incorporate when I'm tapping into somebody, giving a reading, I'm feeling that pain and I'm feeling then, then the, it's like this inner knowing. It's like, I get it immediately what they went through and why they went through it. And then the connections made. And I feel like people are relieved once they understand that there was purpose behind their pain. And there is for all of, all of that, every experience that we have in life, there's purpose. There's purpose in the pain. There's purpose in the joy. These emotions that we go through, they have such a current of the energy of, of that Godhead, that spirit energy that is so strong and supreme and and, and sacred This is the energy that we live through, that we feel and and, and energize with, that helps us connect with that whole current, that whole grid of life.
0: Okay. And if you were to speak to anyone who is looking to really grow and really evolve their spirit, what would you say would be the number one thing you could do to grow?
3: It's all about meditation. It seems that, that you give yourself that space and that, that time to, to delve inside, to go within. What happens is that energy will it'll be like a marriage. It will be that, that there's spirit guidance just waiting to communicate or to, to greet you. And that energy will come and and bring you information. It may not happen rapidly. You know, I always always I call it the three P's: is purpose, uh, patience, and perseverance. And basically, the more that you tap in, okay, and we can act, uh, you know, you know, it, it's very powerful. Once you continue to do this, it will. It you will just start becoming um, aligned with this information. Uh, you'll maybe have a spontaneous awakening. You know, I'm hoping through this uh, message that, that some people may experience that, because once you really feel that energy of connection through your Holy Council, your Spirit Council, there you'll never, ever, ever feel alone again. Never feel alone, and that energy is so ready and willing to to communicate it's a, it's a very powerful practice meditation. So
0: meditation, let's just give a long story short about meditation. Is that when you just, you sit down, you, you don't listen to anything. You just focus on your breathing and you just breathe and focus. I mean, is that a simplistic way to to do it?
3: Well, it is. I, I, I always say, just close your eyes, try to be in a little bit of a darkened room, relax, have your, your arms and your legs unfolded, kind of and just take nice, deep breaths. And I, I always ask a person to visualize color. I like to start with green because it's very healing, healing effect green. And, uh, you know, I, I do attribute that color with the angel Raphael, which is very, very powerful and uh, very, very healing, but also protective. And then what I, you know, I always state, you know, to start with your breathing, just focus on the green coming into you with each breath and filtering your cells, your 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 energies, your all your tissues, your bones, all everything in your physical presence, you know. And as you do that, it's um, spontaneously little images may bubble up, or you might have memories bubbling up, maybe memories from the past that you can gently release. And I always um, I love the word harmony. It feels like that word has a deep special code to it. So I emphasize on you know when you do have these images or or memories bubbling up to 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 say in your mind harmony and breathe it out just let it breathe out and you know and come back and then then breathe in again the word harmony and this beautiful green energy and just go with it with almost like a ocean tide the waves this in and out in and out and it seems to be a nice effective way to Uh, go into that meditative state. And, you know, when you're meditating, don't go in there with an action, but just more as a a really nice presence that you're bringing yourself to be enfolded in in energy for a moment. You're giving yourself space and time and allowing yourself the presence of those beings to be wrapped around you. Great.
0: Miss Laura Lynn, our esteemed virtue on the Outer Limits of Inner Truth radio show, has now become a featured guest. And we can learn more about you, Miss Lynn, by going to your website at angelreader.net. And anyone who would like to have a sit down or a reading with you can contact you there. Miss Lynn, it was truly, truly an honor to have you on our program today. Thank you so much for being with us.
3: Thanks, Ryan, so much. It was my pleasure.
0: Joining us now... Is globally respected psychic medium and energy healer and empath, Miss Carrie O'Connor. Learn more about Miss O'Connor by going to her website at carrieoconnor.com. Miss O'Connor, what can you tell us about your fellow virtue, Miss Laura Lynn?
2: Love Laura Lynn's energy. What perfect. Um description is the angel reader and the past life reader what i saw with her ryan is that there's all this word so the great big word over almost looked like a title of a description of her it was called the scribe and i saw archangel metatron's energy around her and people are, are used to the archangel metatron i mean the big ones archangel Me- um, michael gabrielle Raphael. Metatron is known as the scribe and it was described as he who sits on the right hand of God. And so she's here in this life to really be able to, I'm not surprised she wrote books, to make people connect with their angels and to also, it's like she has a map to give people with the past life so they could go through those past experiences so they can heal from them. Because a lot of times when people, when I do past life readings, people could get hung up in the story, but she... Bridges them and helps them say okay what do you want to take from that lifetime for for you to heal in this lifetime. And that's a beautiful thing because I know many requesters that just stay in that and people look at this lifetime this lifetime this lifetime, and they kind of get stuck in that, when we really want to know what is the lesson because we're all kind of working on something here so Laura has a beautiful way to voice it, to describe it, to really bring it to the person. And she really comes from that heart space. So she is very much guided by Metatron. She is an incarnate angel herself, and she's got a beautiful, beautiful energy.
0: Okay. And is there any particular past life that kind of stands out in your mind? Did you pick up any distinctive past life?
2: I saw one that was very distinctive with her, with her was burning at the stake, to be honest. And I saw her being um, pulled with, with her family, betrayed by her family. I'm watching... Her husband turning her over to save what he thought was saving his children or whatever, but the whole family watched and there was a lot of shame and all of that. I'm really watching her. Literally, it's almost like the walk of Jesus of um, with the cross, but she was dragged um, amongst the town people in just a sense of betrayal where people were afraid of their own connection with her, so they they would, um, you know, they said, I don't, I'm not connected with her, and so there she sat there. Being burned at the stake and just imagine when you're burned at the stake it's just not like you're on fire and you die. It's a big long old process. It doesn't it takes a while, it is horrific. And I see in that life in particular, it looks like she looks up almost like a Joan of Arc energy and she vows that she surrenders and her first thing is, what did I do wrong? You know, I, I just came from my heart. I read she was at like a tea leaf reader at that time, a seer. People used to go with her and she was a healer then too, and she healed cancer. And then for people to come for miles and miles, and then all of a sudden the government changes, the religion the rules changes, and they um they you know, turn on the people and she Really felt a, such a huge thing of betrayal. So she comes in here to this lifetime to be the scribe, to be the talker to people, to introduce people to angels and their guidance around them. So that lifetime really affected her wow. big time. I'm kind
0: of curious mm-hmm. to know that she, if she, she experienced something so horrific in that last time, and in this lifetime as well, she's experiencing a lot of, um, you know, t- tribulations. Yep. Like, why do some people have to go through some of these things? I mean, and as far as a, a, a soul's evolution, mm-hmm. can all, do all souls have to reach a particular point? Like, do, do, do evolving souls reach particular checkpoints, and mm-hmm. then they go to the next evolution? Do you have to experience so much pain? Do you have to experience so much suffering? Like, do, do souls need to experience lesser amount of pain or more amount of joy to reach similar peaks Mm. in the revolution. Like how does that whole thing work? I know it's, it's
2: probably, you know what, Ryan, what, that's a really good question. And what I learned through ayahuasca is that what ayahuasca taught me is that, the biggest thing is forgiveness. And so I had this whole trip where I was seeing myself and I was on the thing and I was feeling unworthy, unworthy, unworthy. And finally I got this like kicking my butt and saying, are you done with being lifetimes of feeling unworthy for crying out loud and having generations and generations. And as soon as I like got up and said, damn it, I'm, I'm sick of, being unworthy. Of course I'm worthy. I'm a piece of God's source creator and it wasn't like ego. It was so beaten in that you're not worthy or who do you think you are? Fancy pants to even think you're worthy. And as soon as I did that, it was like a, a channel changed and I stepped out of this unworthy grid that was handed in my own personal experiences, the O'Connor generational patterns for eons and eons and never mind humanity. So this lifetime in particular, it's all about we don't have to do do it over and over and over again. We don't have things. We can transmute karma. We can transmute our experiences. And the biggest thing we could do is say stop. And it's like to putting the brakes on it. Forgive ourselves. Forgive those that are all involved. And then all of a sudden, it's like you're. It's again the channel changes, and you're on a whole different um, trajectory um, line. Oh,
0: miss. I'm you know Carrie, is there anything else you want to add to it i
2: just want to say that a lot of healers go through that and it's called the um the shamans say it's the wounded healer people that are readers and healers a lot of them have been um part of the journey is being a wounded healer and then part of their transformation is becoming the healed healer and that's what all the virtues are including myself and part of the best um kind of healers that have been there, done that, you know, I know that there's a lot of abuse, I've been through abuse, molestation, rep- you know, a lot of stuff of my own self, and I really, especially after I was kidnapped, and I was really living the life of Jesus, I might be dead, and he was showing me my grave, and I said, what did I deserve, to get this, and I realized it wasn't personal, and I had a choice to say, to kind of turn everything around, so the last thing I want to say, is, as far as with all the dirt, a lot of people, and even yourself, a lot of people that are in, um, drawn into New Age or their old souls, we've had many, many incarnations that we can kind of take it on ourselves that we did something wrong, but we want to start thinking, what did I do right, you know, and start putting more energy into that and not ego. It's not about ego because we tend to really um, make ourselves small because we've had many lifetimes that we um, – Gave up our, our our life force to be of service of God or that kind of thing. So this lifetime is about um, empowering ourselves and being able to, you know, really energetically turn our heart lights on, be seen, and um, and not being afraid of being annihilated, especially with her having a very terrific humiliating experience of being per- um, persecuted, and being annihilated. Right.
0: Yeah. Miss Carrie O'Connor. Thank you so much for that great analysis on Miss Laura Lynn. And to learn more about Miss Carrie O'Connor and to get an exceptional reading with Miss Carrie O'Connor, please go to our website at carrieoconnor.com. Thank you so much, Carrie. Joining us now is the astrophenom, our astrologer, Miss Constance Stellis. You can learn more about Miss Stellis and get a reading with Miss Stellis, chart done with Miss Stellis, by going to her website at constancestellis.com. Miss Dallas, what can you say about your fellow virtue, Miss Laura Lynn?
4: Well, uh, first of all, my fellow virtue and and colleague, um, Laura Lynn, is to my surprise an Aquarian. I say to my surprise because her birth date, had it been or her time, had it been a few hours later, she would have been right at the beginning of Pisces. Um, so she's at the very end of Aquarius which is a a special sign for these times that we live in i say that because you've probably heard about the age of aquarius if you know the song um, astrologically speaking we are heading towards or some astrologers believe we are in the midst of the age of aquarius what are the characteristics of aquarians group mindedness fellow um, fellow man consciousness Uh, humanistic, and also leaps of intuition, um, lightning speed intuition. Now Laura has her sun in Aquarius and also her moon, so there's a great connection between her Personality and her emotional um, processing <laughs> units, I say it that way because Aquarius also rules um, computers and the computer generation and also revolution and it's not that um aquarians are mechanical, but that kind of lightning speed that we've now come to expect from computers is the way her own uh... mind body a soul heart processes information very very quickly very very quickly Um and not only quickly but with unique outcomes um, if you think about the ruling planet of aquarius which is uranus it was discovered in seventeen eighty one i believe and up until that time people who were born in the end of february um... Uh, or the beginning of February, the Aquarian period time, uh, were ruled by Saturn. And Saturn had everything to do with discipline, order, time, old age. It was kind of like the old-fashioned way of being. When we discovered Uranus, we started noticing that there were people who definitely were not of those characteristics. And so gradually the the experience of of Aquarians became to be more Uranus-ruled than Saturn-ruled. And lightning speed, as I've mentioned, revolutionary kinds of thought, consciousness of the group dynamic, and unique solutions and ways of being. So Laura has a great deal of harmony between her sun and her moon, meaning that she's kind of on her own trajectory. She's on her own light beam. And through her channeling work and through her um, spiritual development, um, she can Offer this position, this no, um, orientation to her clients, to her friends, to, to the world. And I think that it took her a while to kind of get all of her skills underneath her, so to speak, because she was the kind of kid that was unique and maybe her surroundings said weird. Uh, so, people have grown into understanding how it is that she is on the planet and what she is um, in tune with. Now, um, in addition to the Aquarian signature, we also have um, three planets in watery Pisces and uh, a Cancerian water sign rising. So, this is a combination of great compassion and great sensitivity, and maybe even difficult to perform those two things together because the shield to kind of turn off the influx of information is a little bit tricky to navigate. Um, By that I mean people who have the gifts that she has and some of the other virtues have um, are not necessarily in control of information as it comes to them. And what you learn if you're doing yeah? I
0: just want to ask you that when you say information that's coming to them what is the where is the information coming from? What is the origin of the, of the the information? Is is it from
4: people? People do it in different ways. Some people are clairvoyant; they see clearly. Some are clairaudient; they hear clearly. Some people have to touch an object belonging to the person um, that they're re- doing the reading for. Other people um, have dreams. Other people, well, other people use astrology charts like me. So there are different ways that information is translated. And um, channelers or, quote-unquote, psychics that have an alternate way of knowing, that's the best way to think about it, an alternate way of knowing, um it's not like you know you go to the office nine to five okay now it's time to go to the barbecue and we we you know uh, uh, stop work for the day because it's a very very kind of fluid flow of information and uh, if you're doing lots of readings for people or if you're just kind of mind is on simmer it's very very likely that all sorts of kind of notions and information comes through you and to you and you have to learn to work with that so that you know when something is, um, is important, when it's not important, uh, when you're working with somebody, what to say and how to say it, and also how to protect yourself from an influx of energy, um, with clients or other people that may not be native to you, um, in any healing profession, whether it's standard therapy or psychology or whatever, there's an exchange of energy between the client and the practitioner. And um, if you're doing uh, psychic work, it's, it's quite intimate and quite intense. So my point with um, my colleague uh, Laura is, uh, and probably for all of us, you have to learn when to put up the shields and then when to relax the shields so that you can be of service or help. Um, And she has a a great deal of absorptive ability. Pisces absorbs like a sponge. So um, I'm sure it took her a while to get that under control. But she's doing great.
5: (laughs) Do
0: you feel that she is a person that could have maintained a comfortable existence within her soul group for this life incarnation? That it was an elective choice to evolve the way she wished to evolve because it seems that she's um she's very unique even amongst uh, she's one of the most unique people I, I guess I've ever met and I'm wondering where yep. that unique, uniqueness factor comes in if there's a um deeper significance well
4: first of all unique is Aquarian's word <laughs> and you know something about that because you're an Aquarian <laughs> so the the unique quality of Aquarian energy is unique <laughs> not to belabor <laughs> it but that's the way it is and um Ronald Reagan was an Aquarius. I don't know if that makes us all happy or sad, but he was a pretty unique president, whether you agreed or disagreed and the the use of astrology in a throughout his presidency was yes instigated by his wife because she knew about astrology from Hollywood days. But he was pretty uh, tuned in, and um, I think perhaps other presidents have, but nobody was willing to kind of um, uh, cotton to it as much as him. So that's an example of someone using an alternate way of knowing. Um, Laura has many different languages for knowing, and she picks them up from uh, a feeling, an intuition, a sense, um, maybe even hearing something. Um, not sure, but um, she, she's tuned into higher frequencies, you know, kind of like when you go for the radio and you just
3: hear it, hear it, hear
4: it. Well, she can hear it, <laughs> and she can also give that information uh, back to us. Plus, this lifetime, her chart says that transformation in, um, in ways of um, soul evolution is her purpose, and there's no better way to uh, work on that or develop that than being um, a truly helpful serving pe- person with the talents that you have, um, and hers are um, checking in with higher
0: spirits. All right? Is there any particular lesson that she's going through right now? Is there any one or two lessons right now that that she's uh, she's actually yeah. focusing on for this lifetime?
4: She she's focusing because of the presence of Pisces in her chart, uh, and Neptune is currently in. Pisces, and will be for oh, probably about uh, twelve more years. so it's not a hop skip and a jump transit. Um, her challenge is to know when to open the faucet of intuition and when to close it down. and how and the times that it's closed off, she can bolster and strengthen her her aura, her physical being, her her heart all parts of her of her of her life because she is being kind of boosted upstairs here and um, when i say upstairs i don't mean to heaven but to higher levels of of knowledge and information and as i said you got to turn it on use it for your own good for other people's good and then okay um i'm closing the switch for a while
0: Ms. Constance Stelis, that was a really great and really a wonderful in-depth analysis on your fellow virtue, Ms. Laura Lynn. And to learn more about Ms. Constance Stellis and to get your chart done with Ms. Stellis, it's personal, and she can also do business reading as well, which I think is fantastic. Please go to Miss Stelis' website at com. Thank you so much, Ms. Stellis.
4: My pleasure. Good weekend to all. Got it.
0: Joining us now. Is Mr. Lee McCormick an innovator of human consciousness? You can learn more about him by going to his website at spiritrecovery.com. Mr. McCormick, what can you tell us?
1: How are you? Hey, how are
0: you? What can you tell us about Miss Laura Lynn?
1: Oh, gosh. Laura, Laura is so great. Um, I actually, I met Laura through my wife. Um, Meet Tracy McCormick, who's also an author and, and uh, a chef. Um, and my wife introduced me to Laura, and she said, you know, I've, I've met a lot of magical people around over the years, and she said probably the clearest, most accurate seer, is what she calls them, you know, with mystic, whatever you want to call it. She said probably the one of the most accurate, clearest I've ever met is this lady named Laura Lynn that lives in Ohio. And she actually lived just down, just down the way from where my wife grew up in Oberlin. Um, And so me introduced me to Laura and um, you know, she's, she's so genuine. And so she's such a great person, period. Um, And then she has this, this uh, ability to see things and hear things. And, um, and it's just genuine. You know, she doesn't wear capes and, and, and turbans and stuff. She's just Laura Lynn. And I love that. I love the simplicity and I love the, the genuineness um, and the accuracy also of what she shares. She's a great person.
0: Okay. Now, you've come across and worked with a lot of people. I imagine you worked with a lot of psychics over the years. Is there anything that Laura does that's different that you've noticed or observed? And uh, Is there anything you've noticed and observed that she does different as a teacher and a healer?
1: You know, she with me. She's always been very succinct. It's like she, when she tends in, um, what she has, what she's always had to share with me, has been very direct and to the point, and very clear. So, you know, it doesn't take a forty-five minute reading, or it hasn't with me with Laura. She's just like, oh, okay, well, this and this and this, and you get it, and uh, you know. Um, and it's just very direct and to the point, and you know, there's no drama to it. There's no uh, there's no production.
0: Okay, so
1: to it. it's just very to the point, and I really appreciate. So you
0: think that, that she has a, a, a means of giving direct, honest, direct, honest approach, and there's no what flair to it? Yeah, I mean, in my
1: experience, and and that's what I like to hear. Um, you know, I've known a lot of people over the years of of. I've run in some circles with you know some mystics and some just some great teachers um, over the years. and uh, I just appreciate simplicity and honesty and genuineness. Um, and that that really is is who Laura is. and Laura Lynn's just like straight up. Um, and and that works for me. Okay. You know I guess some people like like a lot of mojo and stuff. Added to it, you know, kind of dress it up and make it seem all mystical and bizarre. And that's the cool thing also, is the ability to see and to hear and to, 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 you know, that intuitive ability, we all have it. We've just not been raised to pay attention to it, and we don't live in a culture that values or honors it or respects it. Um, and so when somebody's very clear and direct the way Laura Lynn is, I believe it. he kind of validates the fact that, you know what, I you don't have to live off on a mountaintop or out in the middle of this desert or, or sleep in a dome, you know, to to be tuned into to an awareness that's already with us anyway. Got it. Um, and she helps bring that out. I think that that genuineness brings that out.
0: So, Mr. Lee McCormick. I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. And to learn more about Mr. McCormick, you can go to his website at SpiritRecovery.com. Thank you so much, Mr. McCormick.
1: Oh man, have a great day. You I too. Thank you.
0: Joining us now is Channeled Spirit, a great friend of the Outer Limits of Inner Truth radio show, Mr. Chung Fu, with an analysis on Miss Laura Lin.
6: Peace, blessings, and peace to you, Laura. Blessings and peace. You bring to this life your strong heart energy. Within you is a passion for connecting, for opening the heart, for revealing truth, for bringing forward that truth into the world. This passion that is within you shows itself within nature, within a love for nature, a love for animals. I am seeing a lot of spirit animals around you, beloved, as though in other lives, and I am bringing the records through as I speak to you, that in other lives you have cared a lot for animals and they come to help you. Within, They are from many different uh, species, But especially here, uh, I am shown a life in Africa where you have had that ability to connect at a soul level with animals. This ability translates itself as a certain kind of perception and a type of healing power. And even though it may not be used with animals in this life, what we can say is that you have a strong instinct, that it is well known animals work with instinct. They lend that instinct to you where you can trust certain fundamental impressions that you get very strongly in your body, and you need to learn to trust those impressions, those instincts that come forward within this life, it is the time now to grow what I would call the higher mind, the part of you that instinct, that raises it up and brings in the God, God ourselves, that translates all that knowledge and understanding into a connection with the higher realms, so here I see you reaching out, and I see angelic beings coming forward to you, giving you gifts, bringing you opportunities, opening doorways, and I see that what can really assist you is to understand the nature of your own heart, of your own power of asking of opening your heart to receive. This is a place where there is some constriction, you receiving, you asking for yourself, you drawing to yourself what you as a woman need in your life to blossom, to flourish, to actually receive your own gifts for you, where the heart center as it grows in strength, can receive from both the instinct and that higher awareness, courage and confidence and belief in yourself, self-esteem, self-love. And this is the place now where you need to journey inside yourself and bring back what I'm going to call that divine woman, and so, I can go much deeper as the Akashic is opening up to me now, but I need to consult to know how much deeper you wish me to go. Peace.
0: Peace. Mr. Fu, if there is a vital piece of information that you believe would be beautiful to bring forth, a very vital yes. piece of information, I would love to, to hear it, sure. Sure.
6: That's right. So uh, this information regards your empowerment, Laura, your heart's empowerment, you bringing back the power of woman, of sacred woman, of a woman's understanding of the world, for it is strong in you, but you need encouragement. And this life that I'm shown explains to me that you have known the power of divine woman. You have walked in a life where woman was honored as divine. And there is a yearning within you at this time to reclaim that honor where what you have to say is both listened to but also understood at a deep level and that you are not afraid to go into ever greater depths. And so this life is uh, shows itself in Egypt and it shows itself as bringing forward truths, as being someone who worked in the temples, who was a, a priest at the time, a, a male, but a male who was heart. Uh, honored, honored the Divine, the Divine Mother. And this life, uh, this balance within you, uh, in a sense of the masculine, that you call back to you, this sacredness, and it brings strength to your heart of woman and enables you within this life to honor yourself, to see yourself as you truly are. As you saw women. And as you understood the nature of the Divine Mother. Divine. And within this life. It also speaks to you from deep within. And this truth needs to come forward. To your world. Blessings and peace.
0: Blessings and peace. Thank you so much for that analysis on this Laura Lynn Mr. Fu, Joining us now is globally respected psychic medium psychic empath Miss Lisa Kaza. To learn more about Miss Kaza and get a reading with Miss Kaza by going to her website at com. Miss Kaza, what can you tell us about your fellow virtue, Miss Laura Lynn?
5: Miss Laura Lynn, she's a very special lady, her. I love her to death. She's I have to say, a very strong woman. I call her a woman warrior. She's had a lot of, you know, life trials that she's had to overcome, and she's done just phenomenal on her life path. And it's made her so strong that she has, I'll have to say, like the shoulders of a football player. (laughs) You know, she could uh, carry quite the load, like, for others. She's very compassionate and loves to listen and to help others unconditionally a very honest and trustworthy, a huge heart. And I think that, uh, I could trust her with anything with, with my life. That's how honest and trustworthy Laura is. Um, now one, um, thing that I was picking up was, and I've seen this a lot lately, um, not just, uh, here today but like within you know with all a lot of my clients um, some of the uh, past guests that we've had on the show I'm not sure why this is I didn't really have enough time to delve into it to find an answer but uh, one past life that I was shown here for Laura was definitely in London England and unfortunately it was a lifetime where you know, she was she went through a lot of persecution and in- Inquisition in the 1500s. I'd have to say, definitely, under the rule of Henry VIII, she was one of his. I don't want to say victims because I don't like that word, but um, she she was definitely uh, unfortunately taken advantage of. Firstly, and then, you know, it, what happens in in those days when you're persecuted. Um, so I believe that as a result of this, that very early on, um, before she even began, you know, got to get really heavily into her career as a psychic medium, uh, she most likely had a lot of intrepidation and fear. Um, and that, you know, that's understandable, you know, what happened in the past life, like my God, what happened, what happened back then? And she was actually quite innocent. She was what I call, um... A white like a white witch kind of thing like she practiced white magic and she did a lot of healing um, gave a lot of guidance uh, she was a very just like she is today very loving very trustworthy but unfortunately you know back then they just didn't look at things like that way so as a result, like I said, uh, most likely or very early on years ago, she probably had this fear that, again, this just shows her strength, her phenomenal strength, her warrior spirit. She overcame it and, it's you know, the attitude is almost like, screw it, I don't care, you know, it's much more acceptable this day and age, I'm going for it, this is what I'm meant to do and I'm staying here and I'm doing it. I am needed on this planet and that's actually what I... I'm wondering if those were her actual thoughts so and she takes her work very very seriously very serious
0: and what are things, do you think are some of her life lessons for this life incarnation
5: some of her life lessons yep. to trust herself and to trust spirit that's the main one I feel that she's uh, for you know and this is a difficult one for a lot of us myself included I'm sure where, you know, you tend to second-guess yourself all the time, for example. Um, you don't have faith in yourself, or as much faith in yourself as what you should have. Um, that's that's the number one main lesson that I'm feeling that she's had to learn. And she's, she's come a long way. I feel that she's definitely learned it. She's learned how strong that she really is. She's learned how capable she is, and independent, and... Her true path. She she's learned all this, so she's actually going to be ascending. You know, I do feel that she will come back again after a bit of a rest period. Uh, She will come back again, but next time around, she's not going to have any fears. She's going to be even more powerful in terms of her abilities. Um, She's not going to have that lesson of you know needing to find herself. To uh, trust herself um, it, it it's, it's going to be I hear the word fast track or fast lane she's just it 's just going to go boom, I feel like a late teens in the next lifetime she's actually going to be already well known in the metaphysical field, right. and what seems to support this um, I uh, picked up her um, animal totem as well. Well, two of them, actually. And the one is an owl. And, but to be specific, because there's different kinds of owls, it's a snowy, snowy owl. And the color is very significant because it represents ancient wisdom. So she's got the snowy owl as, as one of her animal totems. And that's one thing, too. It, it also stands for silent wisdom. So she, uh, for example, she's a lot smarter than what she lets on. She can see things a lot more and hear a lot more than what you think. So she, you know, she can see through the darkness, through those shadows and extremely accurately. And, yeah, and but what I find is interesting is she had this is past tense, she had another animal totem that was rather in, uh, what do you want to say, like um, in a bit of a quarrel, <laughs> I guess you could say, with the owl. And it was the red-tailed hawk, which happens to be one of, of my animal totems. Now, <laughs> what happens is hawks, unfortunately, uh, in, in real life they will sometimes prey on owls and so <laughs> I see that this is actually what had been going on for a number of years when she was trying to learn her lesson of needing to uh, trust herself more and you know find herself and find her strength and where she it should be going on her life path. The two of them were at odds with each other, pulling her back and forth like this huge tug-of-war match, where where finally, uh, I I believe Laura herself had had enough, and I don't know what she had said in that moment, but it's almost like, okay, I've had enough of this. I just want, you know, a direct beeline from A to B, none of this back and forth, I'm done. And that's when the... uh, uh, the red-tailed hawk finally let go of the tug-of-war rope, so to speak, and and left left her. So she's she's now left with the the owl. So she's much more sure of herself. She's stronger in her wisdom, and more sure of her wisdom as a result.
0: Miss Lisa Kaza, thank you for that beautiful and compassionate analysis you did on your fellow virtue, Miss Laura Lynn. And to learn more about Miss Kaza. And to get a reading with Ms. Kaza, please go to our website at lisakaza.com. Thank you so much, Ms. Kaza.
5: Oh, thanks, Ryan. It's such an honor to be reading for the virtues. I just love it, love them to death.
0: Okay, everyone, that concludes tonight's edition of the Outer Limits of Inner Truth radio show. Very special thanks to our beloved virtue and special guest, Ms. Laura Lynn. Very special thanks to our other guest, Mr. Fu. Mr. Lee McCormick, and our other virtues, Miss Constance Stelis, Miss Lisa Kaza, and Miss Carrie O'Connor. And to learn more about the Outer Limits of Intertooth Radio Show, please go to our website at OuterLimitsRadio.com. Till next time we meet, my friends, wishing upon you an abundance of peace, love, and beers. Have an unbelievable weekend. Take good care.